0: You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News.
1: On the one hand, they are a national treasure, a majestic bird that symbolizes the grace and wild beauty of this country. It is a sign of autumn to see them fly in formation, headed south over a forest, of yellow, orange, and red. A graceful goodbye to summer. And then later, to see them return, a hopeful sign of spring. On the other hand though, Canada geese can be a huge pain in the ass. They like to nest in cities. They like to aggressively protect those nests. And they are big and strong. They crap a lot and they crap everywhere. They have no compunction about making a block or a park or a neighborhood or a building their own. And when they do, it's really tough to tell them otherwise. And they can be downright mean if you get on their bad side. Cities, towns, and institutions in this country dealing with geese infestations have tried all sorts of things to get the lovely, majestic, quintessentially Canadian birds to just get the heck out. From gentle encouragement to, like, smashing their eggs with baseball bats. Doesn't often work. So welcome today to a little story about the ongoing war between the bird that is a national symbol and the nation that sometimes hates them. I'm Jordan heath Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Tom Jokinen is a writer based in Winnipeg who has chronicled Canadians' battle with their national bird for the walrus. Hello, Tom. Hello. I want to ask you first about your own encounters. Tell me about your run-ins with the Canada goose at the Fort Gary University of Manitoba campus.
2: Right, so uh, I'm in Winnipeg. There are an extraordinary number of geese here. I mean, we're known for geese and mosquitoes. They both seem to enjoy living in Winnipeg. <laughs> There are places where there are more geese than others. I encounter them. I, I, I'm on my bike a lot. And uh, there are many routes where you just, at the right time of year or wrong time of year, will encounter geese and surprise them. And they get quite angry. And these are dangerous situations. Yeah. At the Fort Garry campus, the University of Manitoba, not only are there a lot of geese, uh, there are a lot of geese human interactions because there are so many students and staff on the campus, and it's a it's a it's a spread out campus, so there's a lot of human traffic. and they seem to like to nest there. so the the university has decided over the years to try different ways of trying to control the geese population. And there inevitably, and the hook for the story is anytime you try to bring human ingenuity and effort against nature, Things go wrong. Sometimes they go horribly wrong. And is this life finds a way, the Canada goose version? Absolutely. The recoil of nature against human effort is inevitable. So, the campus, because people have had encounters with geese, the campus has tried to control the population. They tried various things over the years. And a couple of years ago, they hired uh, contractors. To control the geese. Yes.
1: This is a famous incident um, that made national news stories at the time.
2: Yeah. So this this in retrospect was a really bad idea. And I'll I'll spell it out for you. Uh, and they did call it the incident because you know, my my chat with the folks at the University of Manitoba are very helpful and were willing to talk about their most recent attempts to control a geese population there, refer to 2017 as the incident. And what happened was they had contracted an outside private company, to deal with the nests, Canada geese nests on campus. And the way they dealt with the nests was they sent a team of men out with baseball bats and umbrellas to smash the eggs in the nest. And I I spoke to a, a young woman who was a student at the time who watched this happen, and she was horrified. And people on campus, staff and students both, couldn't believe what they were seeing when these people were using baseball bats to smash eggs in the nest and using the umbrellas to stave off the adult geese who were obviously unhappy with the situation and it turned into a public relations nightmare uh, the the media picked it up uh, the university apologized and and said that they were going to rethink things going forward which they did but it was an example of the worst possible approach to dealing with urban wildlife ever fathomed At the University of Manitoba.
1: And we'll talk in a minute about other more humane ways to try to get rid of geese. But first, just to emphasize, you know, we've talked about geese human encounters. How dangerous can geese be? How mean can they get? Like, there's a reason that people want them gone.
2: Uh, Yeah, well, I mean, for the most part, you can, if you avoid them, uh, there's no problem. The problem comes when you surprise them. The thing with geese is during nesting season, the female geese, they they pair off. The geese are known to be monogamous. They pair off and they they pair off as the same couple year after year after year. And when it's nesting time and they come to Manitoba to nest, and many of them live in Winnipeg and come here year after year to nest, the the female will sit on her brood and the male's job is to defend the nest. And if anybody gets too close to the nest, he'll attack. They're very big animals. I mean, I, I mean most people know uh, if you, you see them overhead, they, they're they fairly noble looking. But uh, up front, uh, up close, they're big. And they have uh, a huge wingspan and a bony part on the wing called the alula, which is like a hammer. I mean, uh, they use it to, to bat at enemies. And they'll use it against humans. And, you know, you can wind up with a, with a black eye or, or lose a tooth. It's, it's, it's pretty dangerous to go head-to-head with a Canada goose who's not happy with you being too close to his nest.
1: At this time of year, or in a few short weeks, I guess, as the snow melts and geese return, we're already seeing them overhead. Why is this kind of the critical time to figure out where you need to keep free of geese and how you can control the population?
2: Well, they're coming back. They've been south. They're coming back now. Either there are migratory geese who fly overhead and may stop on retention ponds in in the city to uh, stock up on some food and rest up for flight farther north. And in Manitoba, we're talking hundreds of thousands of geese. I mean, the Canadian Wildlife, who measures these things, in the last count, figured on 250,000 geese who had staged in Manitoba before flying farther north. Some of the geese, and we're talking about 2,000, 2,500 geese, live in Winnipeg uh, during the warm months. And they come here in early spring to nest so that they can uh, lay their eggs and they go to the same place they nested in the years previous. Mm-hmm. So they're very loyal to location.
1: Let's go back to the U of M Campus, Just as an example, and there are places all around the country that are dealing with this to various degrees, but beyond kind of the PR nightmare uh, of smashing up the nests, when you try to get rid of geese like that, does it work?
2: No. Uh that that's that's the 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 kicker on the smashing the eggs strategy for dealing with Canada geese is they'll just lay eggs again. Right. If they come back to a nest and find them destroyed or stolen because of course there are reasons why geese lose their eggs that don't have anything to do with private contractors at the university smashing them with baseball bats, raccoons steal them, other foxes steal them. If their eggs are destroyed then the geese will lay eggs again. I mean they they that's just what they're they're built to do. So it doesn't really solve the problem. The trick is to fool them into thinking that they have viable eggs and that's why there are other strategies uh, less dramatic, more devious for dealing with geese population.
1: Can you describe some of them? Some of them are pretty ingenious.
2: Well, This is something that's practiced in Winnipeg, uh, by the city of Winnipeg, and also in other municipalities. The thing to do with eggs, they found, is to make them non-viable, but not to destroy them, so that the mother goose will still try to brood the eggs. And when they don't hatch, she'll just assume that things didn't work out and try again next year, maybe, or move along to a different location. Uh, so they shake. People will shake the eggs uh, to destroy the embryo. They'll oil the eggs with mineral oil, so that you're basically closing off the pores in the eggs, so that the the embryo suffocates. This is considered humane, right? I mean, it's an egg. Uh, by by crushing them, it's it's making them inert, basically. But it fools the mother goose into thinking that she has viable eggs, so she'll still sit on them. And sit on them and sit on them. And when they don't hatch, she'll just sort of throw up her wings and say, well, we'll try again another time. Hmm. So it works. It actually works. I mean, because you then literally reduce the goose population by having these eggs no longer viable.
0: My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story.
1: Aside from the confrontations that can happen between geese and humans, what's the problem with having a ton of geese in our cities? One of the people you spoke to compared them to rats, which honestly seems kind of like sacrilege, given that this is a wonderful Canadian animal that's venerated in all her nature documentaries. But w- why are they like rats?
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't think she was, she was dissing the goose. I think, I think it, this was a clinical assessment based on animal behavior. She was talking about there being certain kinds of animals in the urban environment, and this is this was this is an interesting thing to study. Is why are there animal wild animals? Like I, I I'm in Winnipeg, and I sit in my office. The other day, I watched a coyote walk on my street. I'm in the middle of the city. I watched a coyote. Right. I mean, there's there are wild animals here. Why is that? She talked about urban adapters that there are certain animals like coyotes that can adapt to an urban environment but don't usually encounter or or put themselves in a situation where they encounter people mallard ducks and so on you see them on retention ponds but they more or less keep to themselves. And then there are urban exploiters who will use the environment for their advantage and if that puts them face to face with human beings then so be it they'll defend themselves. So they the thing with geese is they're looking for food and they're looking for water. The water allows them protection because they can sit on the water and see around them 360 degrees to know if there's any predators coming. And the food they're looking for is grass. And if you're if you're flying overhead in a V-shaped formation and looking down and you're passing over a place like Winnipeg, what you're seeing is green, 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 green grass everywhere. I mean, it's like a it's like a buffet for them. So they're attracted to it. They're urban exploiters in the same way that rats are. I don't think she was saying that they are um, uh, mean varmints like rats, but they 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 have the, some of the similar behavioral qualities, which is that they'll exploit the urban environment rather than just sort of putting up with it. So in 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 fact, the thing with geese is, it's not that they are encroaching on our territory they're exploiting it they're using it they they want what we've built for them and that even includes buildings cuz geese will nest on top of buildings they do at the university campus they'll nest on top of buildings for the same reason that they go on water so they can see around them and they can always be alert for predators and so you do see geese nesting on top of buildings they like urban environments we've built them the best possible place for them to live and we just don't realize it
1: what kinds of problems can that create maybe aside from the the inevitable geese human uh, interactions.
2: I, I would guess that the most obvious is the um, what they output. To put it gently, is they produced a ton of feces. You know what I found was the average is one kilogram a day per goose. They they release every ten to twenty minutes, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and one kilogram per goose is about the size. And weight of a cabbage. So wow. if you think two thousand geese are putting out every day two thousand cabbages worth of goose poop, that's something that people encounter if they have geese around. That isn't very pleasant because they're stepping in it, and you know. And on golf courses, it's a problem, and certainly on the campus, it's a problem. In places where there are a lot of geese, that's not a pleasant situation. That's not what you bargain for when you move into the city.
1: Without casting any judgment on these animals in particular, why do you think the reality of them and the sort of veneration of them are so different? Like, you know, geese are these majestic flying uh, V formation birds that live in the wilderness and are a symbol of Canada and then the, what you're describing is, well, actually, they love cities and they like to nest on buildings and they leave a cabbage worth of crap around every day. Like, how did we get so far apart in our our assessments of them?
2: Well, uh, it's there's a romantic notion about wildlife. I think it's a piece of Canadian history to romanticize nature, but also to be in awe of nature or in fear of nature. And this is a very complicated piece of Canadian literary history. Uh, A lot of artists and writers have grappled with the settlers' encounter with nature, and as a sort of subtext, the settlers' guilt of unseating not only nature, but also the first people who were here before the settlers came. So there's an uneasy relationship between what the settler considers wild and what he considers civilization. So there's a there's a kind of mixed feelings about the majestic goose. I mean if, on the one hand yes, I mean you make that noise that's that sort of kalunk 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 honking. Joni Mitchell wrote in her song "Urge for Going," "See the geese in chevron flight, flapping and racing on before the snow." Uh you can kind of relate to it. But early on in grappling with the canadian identity this is sort of trying to make sense of what nature represents Mm -hmm. i think i wrote about martha Ostensel's novel called wild geese which she wrote in 1925 where where it's it's a story of a woman on a farm but the geese represent a kind of symbolic freedom that she can see them overhead and she wishes for the sort of freedom to to fly away as if they're angels and the weird thing about the encounter in the city with geese is, there's the feeling that they're sort of fallen angels that they don't belong here. That that, that you you want to say, get out of my parking lot and and yeah, go be mythical. Go, go be mythical. Go be mythical. Somewhere exactly. Else. So so there's it's a it's a bit of a weird conflict between the romantic idea and the reality, which is, but but then again, the question arises: uh, Is it possible in the city? to just live and let live. I mean, instead of trying to control the population, and this is what the University of Manitoba decided to do.
1: This was going to be my next question. Yeah, tell me tell me how they exist now.
2: Their policy now is respect the goose. They just took so much heat with this business of smashing eggs with baseball bats that they decided they're going to live and let live with the goose. So they brought in consultants and, and did their due diligence and they've decided the geese are going to be here so let's try to reduce human encounters. So they put up fences around goose nests. So they they put uh decoy cages that look like planters in in some of the areas where the geese like to nest just to try to urge them to go somewhere else, you know, without being aggressive. They're not killing geese, they're not killing eggs, they're not oiling eggs, they're not shaking eggs, they're not doing anything. They're not touching the geese. They're just moving nests when possible or fencing off areas where there's human traffic and warning people and putting up signs and trying to, they're, they're not changing the geese behavior, they're changing the human behavior. So they're telling people to beware of the geese and then they're not going to, less likely to come into conflict. And I don't think there's been any significant conflict between people and geese since they started this. So maybe maybe it's, a, it's an interesting example of cooperation.
1: Not to put it, in binary terms but i mean it sure sounds like the geese won
2: well yeah because they uh they're able to form their nests and reproduce and go wherever they want but but i think we knew that all along i think the geese the geese won all along because they're not to be negotiated with i mean it's a very it's a very human impulse to try to come to terms they don't come to terms they're here they're feeding they like the retention ponds they like the flat prospect of of winnipeg they like the buildings they're not going anywhere so so it really is a lesson that respect the goose is is an option not because it's chosen but because it's imposed
1: so given that then and this is my last question but we do like to perform service journalism sometimes on this podcast if the situation arose uh, how would one defend oneself or fight off a goose.
2: Oh wow. well, i <laughs> I think the bottom line that there's a takeaway from this is don't fight off the goose. You know there's a couple of you can google this, so there's 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 advice. It's almost like what do you do when you encounter a bear? Make yourself look bigger, you know, keep eye contact with the goose, but don't stomp your feet or rush at them or make noise because they'll attack. So the idea is is to show them that you're you're not uh, afraid, but at the same time back away maintaining eye contact seems to be recommended. And I even saw advice that you should keep silent because that freaks them out for some reason. Geese are always communicating with each other. And if they encounter an animal that's totally silent, they don't, they don't quite know what to do with it. So I think if the point is to confuse the goose, keep silent. But don't rush them and don't clap your hands or stomp your feet. That's going to make them mad and they could attack. And if they attack it, it gets nasty.
1: I never thought I would be equating uh, what to do in a goose encounter to a bear encounter. I like to think I could at least take
2: a goose. Oh, wow, this is Canada. You don't take anything that's wild out there. (laughs) The the lesson is back away, and that goes for bears and and Canada geese, yes. They're much better up in the air in a V-shaped formation.
1: Tom, thank you so much for this. Uh, It's a fascinating animal and a great story. Oh, you're welcome. Tom Jokinen, writing in the Walrus, that was the big story. If you've got a goose encounter, I would like to hear about it. I really want to know if anybody has actually had to fight a goose. You can tell us your story by finding us on Twitter at the Big story FPN, by writing an email to hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca, by calling us 416-935-5935 and leaving a message. The big story is available and every podcast player. It's also available on the website. It's also available on the smart speaker by asking it to play the Big Story podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. Have a great weekend. We'll talk Monday. I'm Laura Palmer, host of Island Crime.